Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. I'll tell you, the last time I think I was recording a podcast on this trail, as a matter of fact, I know exactly what told me it was Rachel. It was Rachel Varn on March 9th, 2020, and then about four days later, all hell broke loose. (laughs) Yep. Um, We're here today with John Corrin, who is one of the founders, and I'm not sure he has an official title, with Bike AAA, which is Bike Annapolis in Anne Arundel County. No more appropriate place to meet than on the BNA Trail, right behind the Big Bean or Sophie's or Geno's or Pedal Pushers, wherever you want, whatever you want to call them, that little strip. But it's a great thing. And thank you so much for coming out this morning, man. How are you? Well, it's great to be here. And this is my outdoor office. So this is the perfect place. I got a great ride in this morning. And uh, how many wheels did that ride have? That ride, let's see. We had a to- we had uh, twelve wheels on that ride. Twelve wheels. <laughs> <laughs> so six six people. I, I I was a slacker. I did drive up here. Because I have a couple things I need to do afterwards, but I was I was going to do it. I was going to park down in um, down in Annapolis at the park and ride and come up the was about four miles I think it is up yep. to up to here, which is really a very nice. Well, there's recreation rides, which is what I did this morning. I you know it's to, for fun and for fitness, but then there's also transportation rides. It's riding your bike to get someplace, and so for me, my ride this morning is both because double- there was a ride to get to this meeting. Well, I think the very first time you and I met, um, it was probably under not great circumstances. I believe there was a fatality down by the World War II Memorial, and I'm thinking we're going back. I'll put it in terms of county executives, but I think it was in County Executive Leopold's term, possibly. Could have been Lauren. 2014, 2014. Thankfully, that was not a fatality. Um, a, a, a young couple were biking in the shoulder there, and a drunk woman, yeah, on a Saturday afternoon, veered off the road and hit them in the bike shoulder. Thankfully, they uh, later became engaged. Uh, she re- she recovered. They're married, and uh, thankfully, that ended well. That's awesome. Awesome. I, I do. I do remember it was a big. Uh, there was a press conference at the at the memorial and everything else. And that's really. I sort of realized that this organization called Bike AAA dot org exists, and that's the website bikeaaa.org. You are the founder of Bike AAA, right? It was a, or, it was a team effort, but yes. I, how did, I, how did I it was, come about? <laughs> yeah, here's how it came about. So I, my wife and I moved into Anne Arundel County in 2011. From where? From Alney, Maryland. I used to bike over there on Rock Creek quite a bit because I could get to the Rock Creek Trail from my house. And, and that's where, where I really started getting into, into biking more and more as my, when my kids got, got older. Um, but we moved here in 2011. I retired in 2012. And being relatively new to the county, I immediately enrolled in, the, in leadership Anne Arundel as a way to learn about my new county and find a way to give back and meet people. So our opening retreat was at William Peka House uh, in Prince George mm-hmm. Street in uh, Annapolis, and I biked there. And uh, I think I was the oldest in the group. The youngest in the group lived in Eastport. She biked there also. So in Leadership Anne Arundel's flagship program, you have to take on a group project. We had a whole brainstorming session. Somebody else, not one of the two cyclists, 
but somebody else put up on the board, how do we make the county more bike friendly? So a group of us ended up taking on that project, not knowing what we would do, but just a, a mission of how do we make Anne Arundel County more bicycle friendly. And my background professionally was in strategic planning and mergers and acquisitions. So for me, the first thing you do is due diligence. Let's go out and talk to a bunch of people. Let's find out what's going on. What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? Where's a gap that we can fill? And one of the first things we learned, we talked to uh, Ian Banks, who was working for the city of Annapolis at the time, told us, you know, Annapolis applied for bike-friendly community rating by the League of American Bicyclists, and we failed to make the lowest level bronze. And they send a report that says, you need to work on A, B, C, D, E, and then reapply in a couple of years. And one of the things Annapolis was missing was a bicycle advocacy group. Howard County had one. City of Baltimore has one. The greater D.C. area has WABA, Washington Area Bicycle Association. There's one on the eastern shore, but there was none here in Anne Arundel County. So we said, that's our gap. No bicycle advocacy group. We're going to create one. So later, later that year, we had a community meeting. We had about 30 people. We had bike shop owners and cyclists and yeah. lo- loads of people came. And we we're thinking about launching this bike advocacy group. What do you think? Fantastic. We need it. And uh, by March 2013, we were already incorporated, applied for 501c3, which we got later that year. And that's that was the uh, the genesis. Well, that's of shocking bike AAA. to me that the BNA Trail has been around for a lot longer than since 2012. And in a county that is, you know, one of the more populous counties, I mean, it's not Montgomery County, it's not Baltimore City, but I'm shocked that there was not, especially when this trail is pretty much runs the length of half the county, it's a multi-use trail, that there wasn't any advocacy. Did that surprise you? Um, it did to some extent. Um, there, are, there were bike clubs here. The, the bike clubs, they do weekly rides. They're all, all about ride, bike riding. They, do, they organize weekly rides of different distances and different speeds. And, and so there's several bike clubs here, but they're all about riding. They didn't really have an organized voice to advocate for more safe places to ride, for policies and laws that, would, that protect cyclists and other uh, vulnerable road users, pedestrians, wheelchair users, and so forth. And so... Bike clubs and bike advocacy groups are sort of natural partners because they're all about riding. We don't Bike AAA, we don't organize weekly rides. We leave that to the bike clubs. We are their voice advocating for more trails, more bike lanes, uh, policies that promote... You're the nudge to the... I like to think of myself as a professional, persistent pest. I, uh, Fair enough. I am very well known to... I Every, think Steve Shue described you exactly as that way. <laughs> <It> sounds <laughs> right. And me. I think Stuart Pittman and Gavin Buckley would probably say the same thing. We, we, we are very well known to uh, city government, county government, state government. The state delegation knows us well. Anything bike-oriented comes up, they, they call here locally, they call us, even the federal delegation. No, honestly, I think that you guys us. are – your timing is probably impeccable because, you know, between – Former County Executive Shue, County Executive Pittman, and Mayor Buckley, all three of them are semi-avid 
bikers and they under they understand it. So you you've got them on your side. There's no no need to really win them over. That's true. We absolutely are fortunate to have their support. Uh, I mean, for example, one of the things we advocated for very early on uh, after the launch of Bike AAA was a bicycle advisory commission. So here there's a distinction between a bike advocacy group and independent 501c3 that uh, is promoting safe cycling. A bicycle advisory commission is a commission created by government comprised of both citizens and government representatives. And we recommend, we went and met with Steve Shue after he was elected, suggested this idea of a bike commission. He said, great idea, let's do it. He signed the executive order right here on the B&A Trail uh, at Jones Station Road. And in uh, 2016, we launched the Anne Arundel County Bicycle Advisory Commission. So the other hat that I wear is I chair that commission. So my so two titles I have, and it's all volunteer, president of Bike AAA, Bicycle Advocates for Annapolis and Anne Arundel County, and the Anne Arundel County Bicycle Advisory Commission, which is comprised of about, we've got about 10 citizen reps that span the geography of the county, and then we have government reps, mostly from the county, but importantly also from the city of Annapolis and from State Highway. Because the real mission of the Bike Commission is to create a safe, interconnected network of bikeways. And when I say bikeways, I mean both trails, like the one we're sitting next to, and on-road bike lanes. And uh, get them all connected so that more people will stop using their cars and start using their bikes or their feet to get get to their destinations. Well, to safely get there. And, and the safety thing is a huge issue. I mean, you know, we hear time and time, and I believe, and I don't have the numbers, but I believe that this year, 2023, is one of the more deadly years for pedestrians as well as cyclists in, in the state of Maryland. As I live down, down toward Bay Ridge area, down in the Annapolis Neck Peninsula, and I'm, I'm good with Bay Ridge Avenue going into Annapolis and maybe some downtown Annapolis, but put me on Forest Drive and I... It scares me. Uh, I, I will go down to Thomas Point State Park often, and that just that little bit between you know my exit road, Edgewood Road, and uh, Tom or uh, Arundel on the Bay, is is terrifying, and it's something that that we do need because uh, we do have you know a very diverse community. We've got folks that can't afford cars that lives in you know somewhat rural areas, that are somewhat urban areas that would rely on bicycles. I know we did have a fatality in Annapolis where there was a gentleman that worked at the Safeway that was hit and run. They he was just trying that. to get home. Uh, and that was his mode of transportation. Right. And that's something that we really need to do. And I know that you guys have worked on the advocacy as far as uh, the rules of the road for bicyclists. And I remember one of the big things was getting doored. You know, if you're going up Main Street or something like that and somebody opens the door and doesn't think that there might be a bicyclist coming and then next thing you know they don't have a door and you're on the <laughs> on the ground with a bloody face what are the safety rules what is what what can a biker expect so i'm going to come back to infrastructure for a moment first and then i promise I'll okay get, and then i promise i'll get the safe safety rules because you're quite right you know nationally about 50 percent of automobile trips are three miles or less think about your own automobile trips you have to run out to the drugstore sure. or for a meeting or restaurant or doctor's appointment, wherever you go, so much, a lot of them are really short trips. And those short trips are the best candidates for people who have a choice 
to either walk or or bike there rather rather than drive. And for all the and for all the obvious reasons, it's healthier. It's better for our environment. It relieves traffic. Every, I, you live on Annapolis Neck. Everyone complains about traffic out there. Well, if we can get a fraction of people uh, switching to their bike or feet for short trips, you're going to get a imagine, fraction off the road. Imagine, you yeah. know, we, yeah, we we're getting getting some traffic off the road. But we also know people who have a choice aren't going to do it unless they feel safe from origin to destination. And the best way to make them feel safe is to provide infrastructure, a place to ride that's completely separated from the cars. So a trail, like the one we're next to, is the most comfortable place. It's where people from age 8 to 80 are absolutely comfortable riding. A bike lane, like on, like on, um, on Bay Ridge Road, is comfortable for a small fraction of folks who are sort of the more confident road riders and maybe others but it's for so me it depends on the speed of, right. of that road yeah um and and you know the volume of the traffic and everything else there i mean if you have a you know a bike lane and say bay ridge road was a 15 mile an hour or 25 mile an hour road i'm going to be a lot more comfortable than it is on that 40 mile an hour forest drive absolutely there's something there's a rating um, scheme called the uh, bicycle level of stress that actually rates roads based upon factors like you're describing. How wide are the lanes? Is there a bike lane? Is there a shoulder? Is there a separated bike lane? The best type of bike lane is a separated lane, which means there's a vertical separator between the cars and the, uh, and the bikes. We only have two now in the county. The first one was on Jennifer Road, right by Anne Arundel Medical Center. It goes from Admiral Drive right up to uh, the medical center. That's new. That's new. That's only been there maybe a year, year and a half. There's a new one on uh, Triton Beach Road that goes into the new park there. Okay. Uh, we're trying to get more of those because, again, if there's some kind of physical separation, that's going to make more people uh, feel safe and feel comfortable. And Now, does that one we'll have, have the, the – I'm trying to remember. Does that have, the, like, the fiberglass little – Yeah, flexi posts. The flexi posts that are up there. Okay, exactly. So that's, a, that's a, both a visual and a physical Correct. separator between yeah. the vehicles. And I've seen in some cities where it can be just something as simple as a curb. It can be a, a parking stone or it something like that. It can be a jersey wall. The separator could be a jersey wall. It can be a series of planters. Or it can even be the parked cars. You'll see in D.C. some places where you have the travel side, lane for side, cars. Sidewalk, bike lane, and then, yeah, parking. Park cars and then bike lane on the, other, on the other side of the parked cars. So the parked cars are actually the, the physical separator. So the more of that, that's really the goal. The more of that we can get, then, then the, the, the broader the network we have and the more people will get riding, again, from where they live to where they're trying to go. Now, let me come back. You mentioned for some people it's a choice to drive or a ride. For some people it's not a choice for economic reasons or for legal reasons, for people in substance recovery, for example. True, didn't think of that. They have DUIs. They, they, they cannot legally drive, and yet to succeed, they have to be able to get around. And so we, we have a responsibility to make it safe for everyone so more people will choose to ride, and for those who have no choice, they That's sort they, of a real catch-22 for these guys. You know, that are, that are in recovery or that, that have lost their license from a DUI. I mean, they do need to provide for themselves and their families and stuff like that. And without the ability to drive, 
They need to get to their meeting. They need to get to a job interview. They need to get to work. We have a program called Wheels of Hope, which is a bicycle refurbishment program. We collect donated bikes, children's bikes, and adult bikes. The program is is, uh, graciously housed at the Anne Arundel County Food Bank on the Crownsville Hospital property grounds. We co- every year we collect hundreds of bikes. Um, volunteers who are handy refurbish them. And, they, and they, the, many, most of the adult bikes go out to people in substance recovery. We provide every adult bike with a brand new uh, helmet, lock, and lights because we know they're using those bikes for transportation. We also provide uh, loads and loads of uh, children's bikes. Uh, uh, this Thursday, we're delivering 29 bikes to kids at uh, camp, kids who might not otherwise have bicycles, every bike, every kid will get a, a, a bike and a brand new helmet and That's a safety awesome. orientation. That's awesome. Uh, I, I mean, I know Bike AAA does have a lot of different programs. I mean, you've got the advocacy. I mean, we're looking for the infrastructure. We're looking for the safety. We're changing the laws to make it safer and easier and more effective and everything else. Um, I know we've got a new trail that's going from Ritchie Highway or from actually the BNA Boulevard or BNA Boulevard, BNA Trail, all the way down to Sandy Point eventually. It's under construction and it's partially the way done, right, on Long Jones yeah, Station? Yeah, about half of it is already done from Baydale Drive down to Cape St. Clair along College Parkway is already completed. The section phase three from Baydale Drive to the connection with the BNA Trail is in construction right now. And the final phase, which is called phase 1B and 5, from Cape St. Clair. In, of course. <laughs> why wouldn't it be 1B and 5? Um, that's probably what you were going to guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, from Cape St. Clair into Sandy Point should start construction in 2023. Design is done. Right away is secured. Construction funding is in place. Should start. And then we'll have connection. And again, it'll be a great recreational amenity for people who want to ride from the B&A Trail to Sandy Point. But for a lot of people who live along there, it'll also be a way to get around. To work. Kids will be able to get to school, to Anne Arundel Community College, to Broadneck High School, to um, Severn River and Magothy River Middle Schools, to the, to the uh, Broadneck Library, to their friend's house. People will be able to get around without getting in their cars. Just picture the lineup of minivans and SUVs. Hundreds of them in front of an elementary school. If we can get some of those uh, kids to safely bike and ride. Well, you know, I've talked to so many people that do live along the trail here in between Arnold and, you know, Glen Burnie. And they love to have the access to the trail, whether it be through the neighborhood to a community entrance point or perhaps they're fortunate enough to live immediately right on the trail where they can put something in. I don't know whether that's legal or not to cut a hole in your fence and make an access or not. But... I've talked to a number of people that absolutely love it just because of the safety. I mean, would I, you know, in today's world, if I didn't live on a trail, which I don't, you know, oh, yeah, going out on Ritchie Highway and, and pedal down to go visit your, your friend Timmy, would I tell that to my kid? Absolutely not. It's one of the reasons I live where I live. When we were looking for houses in this area, we were familiar with the B&A Trail from Olney. We used to drive up to BW, over to BWI Airport with our bikes on the back of the car bike down to Annapolis, have a crab cake sandwich, uh, back to the airport. So we knew of this trail, and we decided Anne Arundel County is the, the next place we're going to live. We picked a place that had easy access, access to the trail. To so I do just as you said, drive through uh, another neighborhood down to a cul-de-sac that's got a little paved 
connector, and that's how I get to half a mile, and I get, I'm on the trail. Hop in. Fantastic. Well, I know I got wind of another program that Bike AAA is sort of sponsoring, and I drove past there on the way in here today, but you're working with Sunrise Assisted Living here. I want everyone to know about it, and I also want to know how the hell I can get to do it because that'll get me out riding a little bit more, and I think it's just a wonderful program. And you are essentially, because of their proximity to the trail, a safe place to be. You're working on getting seniors that would otherwise be, and I don't want to classify them as homebound, but, I mean, that they're, you know, their options to get out and explore are limited. That's right. Social isolation became a... a was always a big issue for seniors, but of course it became a really significant issue during COVID. And in fact, the Surgeon General put out a report not too long ago about the health impacts of social isolation. We, Bike AAA has a, has a fantastic board, and one of our newest board members uh, has three adult children with disabilities. So she has a real passion for um, independent mobility for for people with disabilities, and in in her research, she found something called cycling without age, was uh, something that came out of Denmark, and now has over 300 tra- chapters all around the world. But again, just like there was no advocacy group here in, in uh, Anne Arundel, there was only one other cycling without age chapter in the state of Maryland. So she got the idea. Let's let's form one, and. They have these devices called a trishaw. Picture uh, an accessible bench seat in the front with a canopy over it to protect from sun or Mm -hmm. or rain. And then a a seat and pedals and a handlebar in the back. It's a pedicab, right? It's like a pedicab. Uh, These trishaws are e-assist. So the person pedaling in the back is an e-bike. So they're, they're pushing, you know, with two people in front. They'd be, you know, true, be true. pushing a lot of weight, so they get e-assist. But it also is ex- more accessible than a conventional pedicab might be. So for somebody with mobility limitations, there's actually like a drop-down step that helps the people get into the front okay. seat. Um, and so we, one of the, thing, one of the impo- things we're most proud of with Bike AAA is we do nothing alone. We do everything with partners. I mentioned Wheels, uh, Wheels of Hope. We're partnered with the food bank. We're partnered in that with county police and others. Here with uh, Cycling Without Age, we partnered with uh, Sunrise Assisted Living. We secured a grant. There goes two two of my buddies. There goes Jim and Neil on their recumbent trikes. So those are two guys who have balance issues. Jim has severe back problems. And there's a device for almost everyone nowadays. So they're riding a recumbent trike. So low to the ground, easy to get in and out. People with balance issues, three wheels. There are all types of new devices coming. For people with mobility or other disabilities, this Trishaw is, is one of them. So we got a grant, Community Foundation grant, earlier this year, and we purchased the first Trishaw uh, in this area. We recruited volunteers who get trained to be pilots. That's what we call the person pedaling in the back. It's not just about pedaling. You don't have to be a really strong cyclist. You just have. You also have to be a, a social person. Yeah. But part of the experience is not just giving seniors a ride out on the trail, but having social interaction so that the person in the back is having a conversation with the people in the front. They're meeting other people along the trail. They might stop stop for a, a for coffee, coffee or, or smell the roses or 
or you know, see some wildlife or uh, what have you. So it's the program is going gangbusters. We have more volunteer pilots than we can keep busy. We only have one trishaw. The, the demand is uh, more than we can handle. We're actually looking at um, getting a second trishaw. We're starting to bring it uh, by trailer to some other communities. We've had it at um, Ginger Cove. We've taken it to some parks. We'd like to get it out to uh, some of the senior centers. And uh, if you want to learn more about this program, go to bikeaaa.org and look under program, Cycling Without Age, and you can find out uh, all, all of the details about this if you're interested in volunteering. If you'd like to make a donation, we are fundraising to um, purchase a second trishaw. How much to us does a trishaw cost? It's like in the twelve to $15,000 range with all, with all of the uh, accessories that, that uh, we need I, to I, have. I'll tell you, when I, I first got back into, I'll say, adult biking, uh, was probably about, probably about 10 or 12 years ago. And uh, I had met Ian Banks, who you had mentioned was working for this city, and he also said that at the time he owned this Parbella bike store. And I, I remembered that. Then when I went to buy my bike, I walked in there, and I was, like, in utter shock going, like, okay, well, this is a $10,000 bike, and this is, like, a $9,000 bike. And I'm like, where's the Huffy for, like, 199 <laughs> And then it was like it was like oh well, we keep them in the back, <laughs> and it was a different type of a bike store. I ended up buying my first giant bike, um, which was I think four ninety nine or something at the time. Uh, probably got stolen about two years later, and then uh, ended up buying another one that was. <laughs> there is a bike for every age, every ability, and every budget. And uh, the, the 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 most important thing to do is try is have a good idea of how you're going to use it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to train and ride 100 miles one day? Or are you just out to do short rides around the neighborhood or on the trail? Do you ride, want to ride on dirt in addition to riding on pavement? Just f- think about what type of riding you want to do. And then get some guidance from one of, the, from one of our local bike shops. You can find a list of uh, Anne Arundel County bike shops at also at the bikeaaa.org. We, uh, we, we love all of our bike shops. They're all great. And they will they will fit you with the right the right type type of bike, and then try it. Go ride around the parking lot. You want to feel really good on it, or you're not going to want to ride it. True. And also on Bike Triple I mean, you've got a listing of different trails and different places to ride, and they're somewhat vetted, I guess, based on. Uh, they are. It's again, it starts the the uh, places to ride. It's under the resources page at bikeaaa.org. It starts with. What, what kind of rider are you? What kind of ride are you looking for? Are you a family with young kids? Are you a recreational cyclist? Are you a mountain biker? Are you a, a long-distance endurance right. rider? And we have lists of places for all of those categories. So the trails, of course, are the, are the most attractive, the paved trails for um for almost any of those categories. But we're also very fortunate now to have fantastic mountain biking here in the county. Oh, we have Water, right Water, Waterworks, Waterworks Park. Park and Bacon Ridge. Yep. Uh, one is on, on uh, Waterworks Park is on city parkland, Bacon Ridge on county. Uh, some people do both as, with a little bit of road riding. You can do what they call bacon and water. We're trying to get our paved trails connected so that people will ride from home 
to the mountain biking trails rather than putting no, the bike on the back of the car. That's neat. And I still never understood how Waterworks Park is in the city of Annapolis when it's out smack dab in the county. It's just like when the golf course, when they own the golf course out there in Groundsville. That reservoir has a little bit to do with it. <laughs> true. <laughs> true, true, true. Well, I can't help but notice you're wearing a jersey about the Anne Arundel County Lifeline 100. And that is, uh, you, as you said, Bike AAA does not uh, put on events. Uh, but you are certainly a big partner in that. And I remember my very first one, another one of your members, Alex Pline, uh, was talking. And I said, ah, I might do the 15. He's like, ah, you can do the 30. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Initially, he says, oh, yeah, no, you'll be done in a couple hours. And I'm like, we're sitting across the table. You see me. This, there's no way. I said, I mean, I'm going to need like a day and a half to do 30 miles. <laughs> and uh, talked me into it. I registered for the 30. I said, well, screw it. If I get beat, I'll just do 15. And sure as hell, in two and a half hours or whatever it was, I was, you know, headed to the bar for a beer. And I was amazed when people, and I've talked to so many people that say, oh, yeah, I rode 30 miles. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, like I climbed Mount Everest. As you get into it, it's not that difficult. Uh, as, as That was my biggest surprise as the reformed adult biker there. And the Lifeline 100 was really my entree to it. And it's a wonderful first Sunday in October, I think it's always. It is. It's always the first Sunday in October. We are very proud of the event. When we launched Bike AAA back in uh, 2013, one of our long-range goals was, like a five-year goal, was one day we're going to have a signature bicycle event in Anne Arundel County. Again, through partners, we came to learn that County Rec and Parks was thinking about a bike event that would go park to park to park. We come to find out that county police are also looking to do some community outreach and community events, and they were contemplating a bicycle event. Well, the three parties came together, and voila, in 2014, in just our second year of existence, we launched the Anne Arundel County Lifeline 100 as a bit of an experiment. Over 500 people came out and rode. The thing we are most proud of about the, uh, the Lifeline 100 is how inclusive it is. It offers a ride for every age and every ability. Most bicycle events are for what you would think of as the, the spandex cyclist. Yeah. Fancy road bike, dressed in spandex, let's go ride 50 or 100 miles as fast as we can. Anne Arundel County Lifeline 100, we offer that. We've got beautiful, scenic 65 and 100-mile routes that with loads of water views, goes right through Annapolis. Um, but we, we have 15 and 30-mile mile routes that are 100% flat paved trail, and it's a ride, not a race. There's no timing. You do it at your own pace. No, no chips on the ankle no or anything? No chip on the ankle. We, we will feed you. We have fantastic red stops with food and drink. When you get back to, it all starts and ends at Kinder Farm Park. We have a free bike rodeo for children at the park that day. This year, we're going to have a, uh, a family bike safari at Kinder Farm Park. Oh, fun. That'll be like a scavenger hunt on the two and a half mile park trail at Kinder Farm, also free. Uh, so it's really something for everybody, including people with special needs. We've had We've had lots of people with special needs often riding on adaptive bikes with an, an accompanying rider that also come out and ride Lifeline. So when we say all ages and abilities, we, we, we really take that to heart. I, I remember one time doing, uh, we were going down to Arnold from that 
from Kinderporm down to Arnold, the first leg of the of the Lifeline for the 15, the 30, or the uh, 41. And um, I was passed by a guy on a unicycle. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you said how many wheels earlier, it, it, yeah, it was a little bit humbling. Sometimes it's an odd number. Yeah, a uh, little bit, little bit humbling, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, it's it's a great event. If you want to learn more about the event, www.lifeline100 lifeline100.com. You'll find everything you need to know there. How to register, the routes, uh, the times, the um, yeah. Ev- the rest stops, SAG support. If something happens, your bike breaks down. We, the bike shops, which I mentioned earlier, uh, we have a bike shop tech at every rest stop. So if something happens on your bike, they'll, they will take care of it. We've got people driving the course. If you have a problem, we'll, we'll take you to the next rest stop or bring you back to Kinder. Uh, it's really well supported. And the event has, has raised over $300,000 for local nonprofits. All of the proceeds stay in Anne Arundel within County. the county, and and you guys are a benefactor of it we as, are. as well. I mean, obviously the genesis sort of came from from your idea, um, but it does support a ton of other people. And I, you know, one thing that I think you should be proud of is two years ago, and I believe it was during the COVID, you cut off registration and said we got we can't we we can't take anymore. We did in 2021. Uh, we capped it. First year we had to cap it. We were running like. Eight to 900 registrants across all of the distances. Um, in 2021, we capped it at 1,000, decided for a variety of reasons. One is the character of the ride. There are, there are bicycle events that get five to 10,000 cyclists, and that's a lot of people, but that's all out on the road, not trail riding. We wanted to keep the character a little, you know, a little bit more personal. We, we're putting a lot of people out on the trail. We don't want to send thousands of people out on the trail. We've got parking limitations so we decided we're just going to stick with that cap of a thousand so if you're interested go out to the website and check because chances are we'll we'll hit the cap again so honestly it's going to be probably one of the best 30 bucks or 40 bucks or whatever it may cost to register it's got as low a registration fees because we really started out not about fundraising we really started out about promoting the idea of cycling for for recreation fitness and transportation and so we continue to keep the fees relatively low. We've got really generous sponsors that help us do that. Over 100 volunteers. And again, it's the partnership. Bike AAA could never have done this alone. The partnership of county police, county rec and parks, and Bike AAA together. We put on a really special event that's sort of designed by people who love to ride bikes for people who love to ride bikes. And I, I totally concur. And actually, that was my, also my first entree into pickle juice. Pickle juice has been super. It's become really popular. It it, it relieves cramps. I was like, "What the heck?" (laughs) I'll stick with the peanut butter and the jelly, and then then everyone's got their favorite. The signature food on Lifeline is up at Dixon Park at the airport, which serves our thirty, sixty-five, and hundred milers baked potatoes with old. I don't know that I've ever had them. Yeah, up at up at Dixon. So when you when you sign up this year. And again, that serves our 30 milers, 65 milers, and 100 milers. We also have a grill going. When you come back to Kinder Farm, um, we will we will feed you well. I agree with that as well. Well, I'll tell you, as we start to wrap it up, I mean, how many years? I mean, you're sitting here in your Lycra or spandex. I'm not sure what the proper term is, but I mean, how many miles a year do you ride? Do you have an idea? So you know, the, the, I, I always tell people the better I become at advocating, 
the less of an actual cyclist I really am. I used to do a couple of, of hundred mile rides, century rides every year. I haven't done a century ride in ten years or so. Oh wow! Yeah, since we launched Lifeline, people say. Hey, what's your favorite rest stop on Lifeline? I, I don't know because I'm at Kinder Farm Park from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, you know, running the event. Sure. I've never actually biked it. Um, so I don't know. I bike, you know, last week I biked 60 miles. Um, that's, that's a pretty good week for me. Six zero? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, my typical ride now is like a 20 mile trail ride. And again, the yeah you know, the BNA Trail, it connects to the BWI Trail. You can do what some people call the lollipop ride. You Where ride does it connect to the BWI Trail? Oh, the at, BWI is around the yep, airport. Around the airport, yeah. Also, a challenging little loop. You got a couple good hills, and that one up there that all of a sudden you, you go around the field and you see, look down on the airport. And yeah, you, yeah, beautiful vista. At the uh, sort of at twelve o'clock on the BWI Loop Trail, you have beautiful vista looking down. And then at twelve thirty, you're on a farm. Yeah. There's a horse farm there. It used to be emus. You used to be able to see emus on the... The emus are gone. I think they ate too many power bars. And then you jump out at the middle school where you've had a project. Lindale. We, we're v- really proud of this project. At Lindale Middle School, which is in Linthicum Heights, um, right on the BWI Loop Trail, the lower parking lot, is what we call a, a children's bike safety park. There were two basketball courts there that were um, not, not heavily used. We... Um, spoke to the principal about this idea of painting a little course. Think of like a little miniature roadway that's got a little bit of everything, a traffic circle, a full intersection, a T intersection, a turn lane, some straightaways, some curves. You know what I I picture this is, and and I don't know how, you know, if you've got kids or how old they are, but when my kids were little, they used to make little city rugs that you could run with your little matchboxes around. It had little roads and blocks and, and that's a, and, that's that's exactly it. That's exactly it. In fact, some you know some places teach kids rules of the road. How to you know walk, especially in urban areas, on they take like a little uh, felt mat and they make a little town on the felt mat, and then they have little make believe cars and bikes and people walking, and they, they teach really young kids safety rules that way this is a place where kids can actually ride on a little course and learn the safety rules staying to the right using your hand signals stopping at the crosswalk so again partnerships partnered with leadership Anne Arundel, who a team helped us find that site partnered with the schools partnered with future history now the muralists jeff and julia uh, a grant from the uh, Anne Arundel County Arts Council because we decided we're not only going to paint a course, we want to put art in it also. So we worked with the, st- the uh, Lindale Middle School STEM students to help design the course, and then we worked with Lindale art students side-by-side side with professional artists from Future History Now to put art into the island areas. And w- one of the most moving things, you got to go see it, is if any of you are familiar with Mo Gabba, Mo is the beloved Ravens and Orioles fan, became a radio personality. There's a Mo Gabba street up in Baltimore. Mo um, suffered cancer from inf- infancy, uh, lost his eyesight, uh, and was a uh, student at Lindale Middle School passed away at age 14 soon after graduating the middle school wanted to do something for Mo and had not really done anything 
yet th- there's a beautiful mural of Mo Gabba right right in the center. There of, was a guy that if you park. ever got a chance to meet, um, absolutely changed your life, and uh, for so many people have. And if folks have ever looked at the end zone in the Ravens, you'll notice that where it says Baltimore and the M and the O are a little bit bigger. That's Mo. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. So it's yeah. uh, no, really it was, quite a... It was very touching to have, after the murals completed, we had uh, his mom and family members and, and, and some of the radio hosts that, uh, that, that had Mo on their shows. Yeah, uh, came TV station covered it. It, it, it was very, very touching to uh, to have that. It says make every day count. Yeah, you did mention rules of the road and stuff like that with what they teach the kids. What are the rules of the road? I mean, let's get into like the legal aspect of this. What can a and obviously a biker cannot expect anything. I mean, expect the unexpected. I think is probably the biggest rule of the road. But what are the rules that drivers should follow and bikers? Right. So, yes, and we always try to send a balanced message to keep everyone safe. And we like to think about pedestrians, cyclists, and drivers. Each have rights and each have responsibilities. And if they all follow their responsibilities and a little bit of common courtesy, everyone everyone can be safe. So for let's start with drivers. The most important rule, of course, is the three-foot passing rule. In Maryland and most places around the United States, if a driver encounters a cyclist on the road, they're required to give a minimum of three feet of space passing when safe to do so. Okay. So that is by far the uh, And if it's not safe to do so, I just, it's, just wait. I, I just wait behind just and wait. You reduce might get my speed. Des- for- if you get to destination 20, 30 seconds later, you're going to help that cyclist get home right. safely. And so, yeah, just be patient. And we got a law. One of the things we do as advocates is try to get new laws passed. Something that people didn't know, most people didn't know is it was actually illegal for a driver to cross the double yellow in order to give a cyclist three feet of space. Every, most safe drivers would do it. Drivers, bus drivers, truck drivers, police car drivers, most of them would do it. But it was technically illegal to cross the double yellow. We got that law changed. It took testifying at, in committee hearings for four or five sessions. But several years ago, we got the law changed so that it's now legal to cross the double yellow to give a cyclist three feet or more when safe to do so. All the normal caveats of safe passing. Clear sight line, no oncoming traffic, sure. no mean, curves, no hills. I mean, on a double yellow line, I mean, if you're, it's quite a difference passing a cyclist doing maybe 12, 15, maybe 20 miles an hour versus a tractor trailer. Of course. That's doing 60 miles an of hour. Of course. I mean, you know, I can get in front, I can give the cyclist the way and get around him and get back in my lane and on my way in, you know, probably 100 feet. Right. So that that is by far the most important. But the other really important things, the biggest ha- hazards nowadays for a cyclist on the road is a distracted driver or and an impaired driver. So please put the phone down. Everyone knows when they're following a driver that's on their phone because you see the drift. Sure. The, the car is drifting. You used to think drunk driver, but... Most of the times, and that might, could be the case, most of the times now, that, that's a driver that's on their phone. And that little drift it may be no big deal, but if there's a cyclist there... 
That three feet. That could be lethal. Even, even that three feet would that shrink couple, to nothing. That, in. It, it, it could be lethal. So distract. Uh, really critical for drivers. Put the phone down. Again, again a good argument don't, for don't, a dedicated do not lane. drive impaired. Again, a good argument for a dedicated lane exactly. with a protected lane. For there. cyclists, the most important things, riding in the direction of traffic. Some people think it's safer to ride opposite traffic because you can see the car coming. No, it's against the law. And, it, and it's unsafe. Uh, you always ride, if you're on the road, you always ride in the direct, with the direction of traffic. And, you're, and a cyclist is required, by and large, to follow all of the rules of the road. Stop at the stop sign, stop for the red light, um, use the proper lane. If you're getting ready to make a left turn or a right turn, and there's a right turn lane or left turn lane, get into that lane. Generally, cyclists are supposed to stay as far to the right as safe and practicable. There are a lot of cases where the safest place for a cyclist to be is right smack in the center of the travel lane. That is annoying to drivers, and it is misunderstood by drivers. But in many situations, that is actually the safest place for the cyclist to be. Why? They're more visible to the driver. Second, if it's an area where it's not safe to pass, let's say there's a curve ahead or there's a hill ahead and it's not safe to pass, if the cyclist is in the center of the road, they will inhibit a driver from attempting an unsafe pass. Um, if there are parked cars along the road, like when I ride down to Annapolis and I'm going down King George Street, I'm out in the center of the lane. Why? Because I'm afraid of a parked car door flying open. When something goes from a noun to a verb yeah getting doored yeah never a good thing yeah getting doored is a thing it's hurt a lot of cyclists so for cyclists staying out of we call it the door zone is they're just trying to stay safe for drivers when you park before you open your door watch for cyclists there's actually something called the dutch reach it's how they you know and if you've ever been to holland you know the more bikes than uh, cars, cars and sure. more bikes than people. They teach everyone the Dutch reach. If you're, if you're in your car and you're getting ready to open the door, here in the States, using your left hand to open the door, as we know, use your right hand because it forces you to, look in to your turn mirror. your head and look back behind you. And so just think about that. It, just get in the habit of looking before you, you swing your car door. Uh, so so th- th- those are a couple of the important things for, for cyclists. For pedestrians, if, of course, if there's a sidewalk, use the sidewalk. But if you, if you must walk on the roadway, then pedestrians should walk opposite because they're able to step off the road if they have to uh, for an oncoming vehicle. One of the interesting things we did here is we got laws passed both in the city of Annapolis and Anne Arundel County that permit cyclists to ride their bikes on sidewalks because in many places there is no safe Other al- alternative of, but there's a requirement that they yield to pedestrians and to people using assistive mobility devices of so somebody you know with a wheelchair or a walker or a cane what have you the the requirement just like a driver should uh, yield and you know, give space to a cyclist on the road cyclists need to do the same thing for people on uh, sidewalks. And then the trails, of course, have their own rules. 15 Uh, miles an hour on the B. 15 miles an hour, speed limit, um, extra caution in crowds, 
pass when safe to do so. Warn, warn, warn that you're coming up. The biggest complaint we receive, and, and you know, as cycling advocates, we, are, we try to encourage cyclists to do their, their part, whether on the trail or on the road. And so giving warning, passing on your left or ringing your bell so that uh, runners and walkers are not, not startled by a passing cyclist, one of the most important things. For walkers and runners, no earbuds. You can't imagine how annoying it is to a cyclist to say, on your left, and realize the earbuds are not penetrating the earbuds. On your left, still not penetrating. You're getting (laughs) ready to turn. Don't do what some cyclists call a crazy Ivan. If you remember the movie Hunt for Red October, every once in a while the submarine would do a, a sudden left turn. Right. Don't make a sudden left turn because you're at the at your turnaround point without without looking back and make sure make sure there's not a person on a bike coming. Do it. So, yeah. Fair fair enough. You want to chit-chat on the trail, step off the side of the trail. As an advocate, it's very very annoying to me to see a cyclist uh, run through a red light or you know that type of thing. And we hear it a lot. You hear the tropes about all the cyclists are running it's not all the cyclists, just like it's not all the drivers are speeding, True. not all the drivers are texting. But when I when I go testify at a hearing and I'm trying to advance laws for cyclists, every time a cyclist runs a red light, they're making my job harder. And I'm putting my volunteer time into trying to make it safer for him, for for all the all the cyclists. Okay, so what's the, what's the common knowledge? Okay, some of the roads that do cross the BNA Trail are very minor roads, and there's always little stop signs to say, you know, bikers dismount or, you know, stop. And I very rarely will see a biker stop at those ones. I mean, okay, we're right here at Cypress, you know, Cypress Creek Road or some of the larger roads, they obviously do stop and you look and make sure. What's what's the protocol on that? I mean, just- Yeah, so there are, it's true, there are stop signs, but I will tell, and, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not going to specifically promote breaking the law, but I will tell you what the safest practice is. It's sometimes called the Idaho stop or stop as yield. It's for a cyclist to treat a stop sign like a yield sign. Okay. If you can, and you will see cyclists doing this often on, on the roads and also on the trails. If you approach an intersection and you have clear sight lines and you slow to the point where you can very easily make a full stop, put your foot down. That means if your feet are clicked in to your pedals, mm-hmm. you're easily able to unclick and put your foot down. You've slowed down, clear sight line. If there's no oncoming traffic, the safest way is to roll across. It gets you across quicker. It gets you across at a time when you know there's no oncoming traffic because you have your clear sight lines. And for for a lot of cyclists, their wobbliest time starting. is starting. So if you're if it's completely clear, if you're coming up to a blind area, and some of, some of the crossings on the BNA Trail because of vegetation or the angle of the crossing, the sight lines are bad. You need to stop or really really slow to where you have a slight a sight line. Mm-hmm. About a dozen states now have enacted laws that permit a cyclist to treat a stop sign as a yield sign. And a yield sign does not mean you can blow through. It means you've got to yield to the oncoming traffic. But about a dozen states have now adopted this, sometimes called the Idaho stop because Idaho has has allowed this for like 30 years. Uh, D.C. recently enacted it, um, and and we are going to promote stop as yield 
in Maryland as well. Because again, while counterintuitive to drivers, it is actually the safest way to get through. To get through. In fact, Delaware passed it several years ago and, and, and did some uh, data analysis and found that crashes went down. Yeah, the county is very sensitive to that. Uh, here in the B&A Trail, the county just recently put in a, a new signal at Robinson Road. That was one of the tougher crossings. Mm-hmm. Cars are tri- driving a little faster. Uh, there's, a, there's a center turn lane. There's a couple of side streets nearby. That was one of the trickier ones. They put in a, a brand new type of signal where the trail user presses the button and it goes to a, to a full-on red light. For the traffic. For the traffic. And so, again, trail users, please press the button, wait till you get the signal before crossing. I know there's some confusion because people are used to the old protocol of some drivers will stop and they'll wave you through. Mm-hmm. Trail users will, you know, will wait. With the, n- the new signal, we're really encouraging uh, trail users, push the button, wait for, wait for your turn. Drivers, observe the signal. It'll, it goes from a yellow warning, just like you'd see in front of a firehouse, right. to a rapid yellow, to a full yellow, to a red. And then it'll, it'll go back to the flashing yellow, which means drivers proceed with caution. What was your first bike? Oh, gosh, I have a, I have a picture of I me with, the little, years. with this little red tricycle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have a picture of me uh, sit, sitting on my little red tricycle waiting for Dad to come home from work. So, yeah, everybody remembers the first bike. I also remember my first two-wheeler, a blue Schwinn. Okay, the banana seat and the handlebars No, 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 I'm too old for that. (laughs) (laughs) Those, those, uh, the banana seats came, the stingray, that that, that came much later. Okay. (laughs) So you've you've been a bike rider all your life, pretty much? I have been, but, you know, various stages. Elementary school, I used to bike bike to school a lot, uh, you know, in the area that I I grew up in. Uh, I started getting back into biking when my kids were really little. I got a bike with a car seat on the back so I could just ride them around the neighborhood. And then when my kids started getting older and I had started having more free time for myself again, started doing longer and longer bike okay. rides. My wife and I, we would say, let's see if we can do a 20-mile ride. Let's see if we can do a 30-mile ride. And we eventually did 60 and, and then 100-mile rides. And look where we are now. Yeah, now and now here we are. So all, she, does she ride good. with you frequently? She does ride some. She got an e-bike. We live at the bottom of a really steep hill. Okay. I heard uh, rumors about that after your hip surgery. Yeah. It, was like, it, was like, it was like he hates that hill. <laughs> it took a while, but I'm back to riding up. I'm back to riding up my hill. Um, yeah, my wife has an e-bike, so we ride together. She's still getting plenty of exercise. Don't think an e-bike is uh, is no exercise. Sometimes once we get up the hill and we get onto the trail, she'll turn the e-assist off. And now she's pushing a, a, a 50-pound bike. It's a heavy frame and a heavy bike. The e-bikes are fantastic. Uh, so many people I meet on the tra- trail riding e-bikes tell me the same thing. I, wouldn't, I couldn't be out here if not for this e-assist bike. I, I imagine it's probably very good for you know, older people. I mean, we're, as a nation, we tend to be you know, overweight and, and, and the whole thing. I mean, I'll be a, you know, a poster child for that. But you know, to be able to get out there... And some form of exercise. It's getting people out who otherwise would not ride at all. So it's, yeah, there are three classes of e-bikes. And, uh, again, try them out. Pick one that works for for your your style of of riding uh, that meets your needs. And then follow all the same rules. Well, any of the bike shops in town, I mean, we've got Annapolis Velo down on Chinkapin Road Road in Annapolis. We've got Pedal Pushers right up here in Severna Park on... 
Baltimore Annapolis Boulevard, right? Yep. Um, you've got the bike doctors in Crofton, Annapolis, Arnold. And Arnold. Um, We've got I, Parvilla. Uh, Parvilla and Edgewater. In, in South County, we have uh, Trail Works, which has a little bit of a specialty in mountain biking. It's where Gina's Cantina used to be. Oh, uh, is it? Did they yeah. move up there? They were yeah. in the industrial park down They were off of River Road, but no, the, the, yeah, they, they've moved up um, just, just off of... Um, Veterans Highway. And they were instrumental in really getting that trail built were. in trail works, Waterworks. Trail Works, Mike Klasma are very instrumental in, in getting um, getting Bacon Ridge trails built with all with volunteer labor. It was really remarkable. Uh, you got Bulldog Bikes and Floats, which which uh, is here in Severna Park. Um, closest one in North County, uh, Cycle Mill. It's actually in How- just over the line in uh, they're either in Howard or Baltimore County and sort of near Ellicott City. Okay. But uh, that's another one. Again, you'll find a list of all the bike shops in the county at BikeAAA.org under the resources list. Well, I do encourage everybody to go to BikeAAA.org, BikeAAA.org. And I want to thank John Corrin for riding down here to see us today. Thank you for your advocacy again. You know, I think uh, you're doing... A wonderful job for everything, everybody that bikes and everybody that doesn't bike. And I think uh, one thing you mentioned earlier is that if we could all just have follow the rules and have a little bit of common sense and a little bit of patience, we can all get along pretty well. And uh, that's ultimately the goal here. That's right. We want again. We're promoting safe biking for transportation, recreation, and fitness for, for people of all ages and abilities. It's a way of making all of us uh, healthier. It's a way of protecting the planet, a little bit cleaner air and, and water. If we can uh, bike instead of drive, it's a little bit less traffic on the road. It's a little more parking spaces. And from an equity standpoint, for people who either cannot afford a car or who, for legal reasons, cannot drive a car, that's their only mode of transportation, and we, we need to make it safe. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.